Hey, hey, Housers. It is Michael Braithwaite, your host of the On The Way Home podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Uh, I hope you enjoy today's guest. I, as always, I learned so much today and it was such a cool idea. We're going to get to introducing him. But first, I should tell you, I hail from a great organization called Blue Door, Blue Door's organization that works just north of Toronto in York region, Durham region, and Peel region. We support our most vulnerable with housing supports, uh, both emergency transitional and longer term. Uh, and plus, we do some work in the social enterprise construction space with our construct program uh, right across the top in, in Durham, Peel, and York region. And we help our clients, our most vulnerable people who sometimes have barriers to getting health supports. We help them get different health supports through our programs. So full service at Blue Door. If you want to check us out, see bluedoor.ca. We do this podcast in partnership with Tim Richter and his wonderful team at the Canadian Alliance to End Homelessness. They have a huge conference coming up. I uh, hope you're there. By the time this this podcast airs, it might be on, it might be over, but they do this conference every year. It's the best of the best in this sector. Uh, check it out. And they do so much more. They do training and advocacy. Go to caeh.ca to see all the wonderful things. I am doing a very poor job of selling because it is an incredible national organization that has really moved the needle on ending homelessness uh, across Canada. And let's get to today's guest. Today I have with me uh, Gil Yaron. And Gil's from an organization called Lighthouse. I'm going to read this because it's it's pretty cool. He is managing director at Lighthouse of Circular Innovation. And it's an organization that's based in Vancouver um, that's working on advancing regenerative, regenerative and circular practices in the built environment. What does that mean? Uh, I didn't know until Gil explained it to me. It's a very simple concept, right? Gil was telling me that there's thousands of homes across the country and where he is in the lower mainland in Vancouver that are torn down. And so we're throwing uh, all these materials into a landfill and we're losing all this housing where that housing can be relocated. And if you don't want to relocate the housing, you can actually deconstruct that home and use the materials in another home. Gil was telling me that 20 to 30 percent of landfills are made up of construction materials so you know what you know not only are we taking down housing that we desperately need we're filling up landfills right and we're crushing our environment and then he talked about the the climate piece as well how that affects the climate where we're taking down new trees to build instead of reusing old materials this is a win-win-win it helps developers it helps our housing crisis it helps our environment it's such a cool process uh, Gil did a report uh, called Blueprint for Change. We talk about that report and the recommendations, the policy recommendations coming out of this that he's encouraging us to push forward in every province. He talks about some of his work with First Nations, how they're able to pick up these houses, trans retrofit them and transport them there. Uh, it's cheaper. It's quicker. Uh, the building from scratch and you're reusing materials, which is so cool for the environment. He talks about some of the surprises along the way and his hopes for the future. This is an incredible podcast. So interesting. A new spin. Just when I think I might know a bit about housing, in comes someone named Gil to re-educate me. Thank you so much, Gil, for doing that. I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I did. Let's go to that now. So happy the time to join us on today's podcast. Welcome to On The Way Home. Thanks. We nice start. 
That's that good, good, good. We start the podcast with the same question for each guest that comes on. It's very personal to each guest. Uh, so we never really get the same answer, and that is, what does home mean to you? Yeah, I think home means a bunch of things. Um, it means safety and security. It means a sense of place and community. Um, yeah, I think those are the things that really resonate for me when I think about home. Very cool. Now, I don't know what grade it was for you, Gil, but back you know in the early days when you had career day at, at, at school and people's parents might have come in to talk about different things and careers. Usually the field that you're in today was not one of those that you, you know, as a in grade two, they're like, yes, this is where I'm going to go. You got to fall into it somehow. We're always interested in the journey of our guests. So if you could tell us a little bit about yours, that would be amazing. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, I often sit and wonder how I ended up here. Um, well, uh, I actually started as a professional uh, musical theater performer. Uh, that lasted for a while. And then uh, I should say that everything I've done has always been kind of driven by um, a passion for social justice and the environment. I, I, I was in, I used theater as a, as a medium to talk about those issues. Um, and then I decided uh, I'd be better off um, in another field. So I went into law uh, and I, I became a lawyer and I practiced um, environmental law and um, uh, then I did that for a number of years and then I had my own business uh, and I came to work for Lighthouse um, and started getting involved in uh, green building and also in kind of the, the social issue, issues around housing and, and the built environment and, and how the built environment um, relates to community building. So, um, and that's kind of where I found myself here. So it's been a long and circuitous journey, uh, uh, but really glad to be doing this work now. That is so cool. From musical theater to law to the work you're doing now, and I think it all kind of adds different elements to it for sure. You mentioned where you are now, Lighthouse. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so Lighthouse has been around since 2006. We're a nonprofit organization. Uh, and our mission is to advance the ideas of regenerative and circular practices uh, in the built environment. And, and really what that means is creating um, buildings and homes, our built environment that is uh, net positive. It gives actually gives back to the community, whether you're thinking about energy or uh, purification of water or in terms of livability, health and wellness those types of things. That's all what we talk about when we talk about regenerative uh, building. And then on the circular side, how do we um, manage homes more responsible and, and our, our built environment more responsibly so that um, we're not just taking resources, building homes, and then destroying them and throwing them into landfill, but rather looking at them holistically where the, the materials that are used uh, are um, more environmentally friendly and uh, that when homes reach their end of life that we take those materials and we recirculate them back into the economy and reuse them rather than um, generating waste from them. So those are, um, and these things, kind of, these principles um, have recently intersected with a lot of social objectives around housing, uh, providing affordable and, and uh, 
healthy housing for um, communities. And so I'm very excited about that, that intersection that's, that's starting to evolve. I, yeah, I often think when we talk about affordable housing, sometimes we stop and we, we say, okay, affordable is what people are paying in rent. But if we do buildings right, sometimes we can make them truly affordable so they're energy efficient uh, and they do many other things, as you said, contribute back to the community. What what has the response been so far to Lighthouse and some of the, the work that you've done? Are people embracing this? Is there pushback or... A um, bit of both. <laughs> um, there's uh, been wide acceptance, and I think we're seeing a lot more, especially with um, concerns around climate. I mean, our built environment has the biggest impact in terms of carbon emissions of any sector in our economy. And so, you know, how we build our homes uh, is not only uh, going to impact our immediate um, well-being, but it's also impacting the the long-term health of our planet. Um, in addition, so we're definitely seeing a lot of uh, energy and attention in that respect. Um, and as well, uh, in terms of livability, and this is like the, the, the project that uh, we're working on currently that really excites me, is that, um, you know, we want to build affordable homes that are, are good quality homes and that enhance the life of the lives of, the, of their inhabitants and and the and the community you know the livability within the community so um again there's a lot of interest around that now with the focus on affordable housing um people are looking for innovative ways to build better um and obviously more affordably at the same time yeah you know it's, it's so interesting you say that we're right now trying to take uh, where i'm from blue door we're trying to take down this this little house that was donated 20 plus years ago because it's not a big piece of land and build more housing. And we feel, you know, it's really irresponsible of us to be sitting on this land in a housing crisis and with what our mission is. Uh, so we've looked at all different ways. One of the things we looked at was 3D printing a two-story building. And uh, one of the reasons, a couple of the reasons were, hey, this is going to last forever, uh, a lot longer. Uh, and, and often we don't think about that. I think sometimes there's such a rush in a sense, or it's around affordability, or what can we do that we don't think of what happens down the line when there's major capital repairs or mm. um, that type of thing. And that's been a, a piece for us. Plus, because it's concrete, it might save um, the heating and cooling costs, right? Like because of the walls. And I tell you that because I think for groups like Blue Door, often we want to do the right thing. We want to build uh, environmentally friendly. We want to build net zero buildings. We want to, but there's some upfront costs and some, and I think the challenge always is raising those dollars. Uh, can you help me wrap my, my head around for, for groups like us who, who want to do that kind of work and really would love to, um, do you find that to be an obstacle sometimes? Oh, definitely. And I mean, I think you know, talking about the competing interests and, and demands uh, and the choices that, you know, the trade-offs that have to be made when you're, when you're looking at trying to find these, these affordable solutions um, is really challenging. I think one of the, the exciting things about uh, the model that we've developed, um, a, a particular model around providing affordable housing is that we're, we're trying to leverage a number of different tools that I've not seen come together previously. Um, various tax, not, you know, obviously grants, 
uh, government grants. That's kind of the traditional uh, approach to funding these initiatives, but also using um, available tax credits uh, that are uh, that certain um, uh, constituencies, uh, particularly First Nations and municipalities and nonprofit housing associations, can use because of their status, their tax status, um, and so being able to give um, a tax credit back to a home, um, a developer or to a supplier of materials um, is a real um, advantage because uh, obviously that offsets some of the costs as well. So we, we're, we're leveraging a bunch of different financing and um, uh, tax incentives to, to support the development. Very cool. Now we know you talk about when I get into the actual example of what we're doing, but uh, in the abstract, that's you know that's where we're very cool. Yeah, and let's talk about that. But we, you know, we know we need to change. I think you have a blueprint for change. At least that is what your report is called: blueprint for change. Can you talk to us a little bit about this report? How did it all come about? Yeah. So um, one of the great things that uh, about Lighthouse is that we we're kind of um we're agnostic we're kind of we're in we're in a space where we're just trying to help industry and help government move in a more sustainable way to provide um you know environmentally friendly and affordable housing and uh we get developers coming to us to help problem solve and troubleshoot and so this project, um, a blueprint for change, actually came about uh, from a local um, company that wanted to use home relocation as a way to take existing homes that were slated for demolition and repurpose them, retrofit them, and provide them um, as uh, new housing. Um, and so initially that's where it started and um, we got funding through um, Van City Credit Union here in, uh, in British Columbia to basically do a report that laid out this blueprint. Um, basically the blueprint is a policy uh, that would prioritize home relocation. When a home is slated for demolition, um, it would require that um, the developer or the homeowner consider home relocation and as a first option, if they can't relocate the home, then deconstruct it. And then as a last option, demolish it because we have, these homes are valuable resources and currently we're just um, uh, blowing them down and, and throwing them into landfill. So instead of turning it into a liability for the developer, instead of it being a liability for the developer uh, who wants to redevelop this parcel of land, turn it into an asset can, that can also be, um, that, that can benefit the developer, but it can also provide housing to other communities. And so that's, that's really the genesis of the idea. And it's kind of exploded since, since then and, um, and turned into a really cool project to provide affordable housing for First Nations and, um, and other uh, communities as well. Construct, a social enterprise by Blue Door, provides high-quality residential and commercial construction and property services in the greater Toronto area. More than a business with a heart, Construct is a real solution to preventing and ending homelessness. Through its eight-week paid skills trades training program, 
Complete with wraparound supports and on-the-job work experience, Construct lifts people out of poverty and into opportunity. To hire Construct for your next project or learn more about Construct's employment program, visit constructgta.ca. Very cool. I mean, it's a true win-win, right? Your developers are winning, communities are winning, in this case, Indigenous community. Uh, well, you're speaking of, so that's great. Like, how? Help me understand, too, wrap my head around when you say, how many of these buildings, like how big of a, you know, solve would this be if you were to, to do this across the country? Yeah, so um, in Vancouver alone, or the lower, lower mainland here, um, we have about 2,700 homes being demolished every year to make way for redevelopment. Um, a lot of these homes are high quality homes. Some of them have been built within the last 10 years. Uh, really, if I showed you some pictures, they're just truly gorgeous homes with beautiful interior finishings um, and, and well, you know, well-built homes. Um, so we estimate that about 20 to 40 of those homes, 20 to 40 percent of those homes. So we're talking, you know, probably around um, six, realistically, six to eight hundred homes um, each year would be um, eligible to be relocated. An additional um, 40, 40 to 60% uh, of those homes would be candidates for deconstruction. So if we can't actually save the home, we can at least save the materials in the home and repurpose them uh, in, in new construction or in other, other uh, uses. Um, so that's really, uh, you know, the, the magnitude of the opportunity is, is huge. You know, literally hundreds of homes could be relocated as, as uh, affordable housing. And if you're, you're saying reconstruct, like if you're saving the materials, you're saving the environment and saving a lot of money, right, on the other end, if you've got those materials that you don't have to repurchase and go about um, gathering again, right? Absolutely. And, you know, in a lot of these communities, um, building new is extremely expensive, way more expensive than in urban areas because you have to, bring the labor and the materials up to wherever they are. Like we're dealing with some First Nations in very remote areas of British Columbia. Uh, and so providing a uh, home that is fully, um, you know, fully built, basically just, they just have to um, build the foundation and then set the home down and, and connect it, um, connect it up. You know, that saves the nation or the, the, the community in question um, huge. We estimate that um, we can save about 70 to 80 percent of the total cost of uh, a new build. That's incredible. Gil, I'll tell you what, I was with uh, when I was with Raising the Roof, a uh, little national organization, we we had been offered a home. Uh, Canadian Tire had this big uh, where their corporate center was. They had inherited this uh, heritage home that they wanted gone from their property. It was beautiful. And they said, if you could move it, you can have it, right? So we had two challenges. We had to find land to do so. But to actually move it, and this is a heritage home, mind you, probably a little more complicated than your average home. But I remember at the time, the cost to actually, you know, um, lift this home and move it somewhere else, it was almost, you know, like by the time we got it set back up, it was like we might be better to build new. Mm -hmm. um, but this was a heritage home. But I you know, thought to my mind, what a beautiful heritage home that's going to waste because no one was living in it where it was and what an opportunity. Um, yeah. 
are there cost savings? Like, is it still, and that was a while back. So are there ways to do this that are a little more cost effective? Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, and that's a really cool and creative thing that, that we've come about in, in developing this model. So the way it works basically is that the home, the developer um, has certain costs associated with demolishing the property. So they have to pay for abatement and then the demolition and then the landfilling costs. You know, that can be anywhere between twenty and $40,000 out here on the West Coast. It could vary in other parts of the country. But um, so there's those costs to the developer. Uh, and then, so what we do is um, it, the developer gifts the home to a nation or to a nonprofit housing association. Because of the uh, tax status of the nation, they can then issue a tax receipt, a charitable tax receipt for the fair market value of the home. So the developer now uh, sees value in that uh, property that they are, are gifting. They receive that value. And we ask the developer to then contribute the funds that they would have otherwise spent to remove that property, that twenty dollars to $40,000, back to the nation to help offset some of the costs in uh, moving and uh, retrofitting the home. The other thing we do that we're building into this model is that we have, we're creating a repurposing facility in the lower mainland so that the home gets retrofitted here before it's shipped to its end destination. In that way, we can reduce the labor and the material costs because we have, we have those here at the ready uh, and we don't have to transport them all the way up. Uh, to to the uh, end destination, and then um, finally we supplement all of that with a number. We're working with a, n- a number of federal and provincial agencies to align grants for energy efficiency retrofits and um, and other types of um, uh, and the other grants that uh, exist now to preserve existing housing, um, and all of that. In, in, in totality help is what helps to make this so affordable. Again, like I said, about 70 to 80% of the cost of a, of a full new build. That is incredible. And Gil, my apologies. I, I took a, you were telling me about your report, then I had so many questions. I took us away from that because I think it's really, really exciting. I love what you're doing. Let's talk about the key recommendations coming out of this report. What can you tell me? Yeah. So um, again, it circles back to the initial principle that I, I mentioned, and we, we call it a triage approach. Basically, what we're in the report, what we're arguing for is that we want to preserve homes, the existing homes. Why, when we have a housing crisis, are we tearing down homes, pre-existing homes? Why aren't we extending the life of these homes and making um, good use of them? Uh, so the, the primary... Recommendation coming out of the report is that we want communities, municipalities, and provinces, frankly, to implement uh, a triage approach where every home that is slated for removal has to go through an assessment. And in that assessment, uh, it's determined whether the home is a candidate to be relocated. And if it can't be relocated, can it be deconstructed? And if it can't be deconstructed as a last resort, we demolish it. So we're flipping the whole uh, approach 
on its head. Rather than demolition being the first um, approach, it becomes the last approach. And we try as best as we can to preserve that home. And uh, in addition to that, so there's a bunch of supporting recommendations around uh, decoupling um, deconstruction permits from building permits so that developers have given more time to um, allow for deconstruction or, or home relocation. Um, because currently, if in communities where those two permits are coupled together, once the building permit is issued, the developer wants that property gone as fast as possible so that they can begin um, building. And so it, um, it makes it more challenging to get the developer to do the right thing in that moment. And uh, even, even if it doesn't technically take more time, they're, you know, the traditional mindset is blow that house down and get it out, you know? Um, and so it, we, we want to, again, incentivize uh, giving the developer more time to breathe and allow them to, to, to work through this process with us. Very cool. Now, anytime you do a report, you think, I, you know, this is what our hopes are. This is coming into it. We think we're going to prove this. Any surprises as you did this work? Yep. <laughs> uh, I think, well, there's a number of uh, issues. One is it's, it's surprising how, on one hand, we have a lot, there's a lot of interest. But on the other hand, um, it's, there's still quite a bit of intransigence. You know, there, it's surprising how um, many barriers and roadblocks people will put in the way to um, embracing this, this kind of approach. Um, just for time is one example. You know, people, uh, the industry thinks it takes um, a lot longer. There's this um, a belief or, or, you know, based on past experience, this idea that it takes much longer to deconstruct a home than it does to, or relocate it than it takes to demolish it. And what we're seeing actually is, is a lot of advancements in um, technology and processes that are now making it possible to deconstruct a home in three days. Similarly, relocating a home doesn't take, uh, as long as the planning is there in place in advance, there's enough notice to, to get things lined up, the actual relocation takes far less time than either deconstruction or demolition, frankly. So there's a there's that uh, coming up against that was a bit of a surprise to us that um, you know people were throwing a lot of um, uh, barriers in the way that that really are are not there anymore. Very cool. Um, let, what about hopes? You do this report. Anyone that does a report never wants it to sit on the shelf and say, well, job done. We want something to happen. So what are your hopes for the report moving forward? Well, you know, our hopes have already been exceeded because really what happened is that um, the uh, through the CMHC housing supply challenge, we were awarded, we're one of the 26 finalists in the challenge. And um, we are now able to take the recommendations from that report and uh, we built this program to relocate homes so we're actually building this out and we've partnered with a number of first nations 
in British Columbia already who are very keen to receive homes. And we're, and we're literally working this through, you know, all the financing, all the logistics of moving the homes and retrofitting them to meet the needs of those communities. Um, you know, it's, it's all playing out. So we're, we're seeing the blueprint uh, come to life right now. And, and that's really, really exciting. So with once those uh, once we have some of these homes moving through the process, um, we hope that we can demonstrate or that it will demonstrate to local governments that putting policy in place for this is really um, just going to help facilitate that and move it forward and make sure that we the supply is available because uh, with this triage approach, it will natu naturally push these homes into the relocation stream or the deconstruction stream as opposed to being demolished. Well, listen, Gil, I think it's, it's incredible. Um, we're talking about any idea about the, I mean, from the environmental piece, when you're deconstructing and people aren't just throwing that out, the type of impact it makes on the environment uh, that, that our uh, listeners can wrap their heads around, like what every house that you, save in a sense or relocate or deconstruct or reuse what does that do for the environment yeah well the impacts are huge i mean uh about 25 to 33 percent of our landfills so a quarter to a third of our landfills are comprised of construction and demolition waste wow so the the impact on the environment and the impact in terms of costs on to municipalities in terms of managing landfill and to taxpayers is huge. Um, the uh, in terms of carbon and climate, um, the average two thousand square foot home contains um, you know anywhere between twenty and um, fifty um, uh, ton metric tons of CO two equivalent and. Basically, when you look at the, uh, the carbon associated with a home, all the materials in a home, when you destroy that home and throw it into landfill, all of that um, embodied carbon is lost. All the energy that was used to make that home is lost forever. We're also throwing away, you know, a lot of the homes that are getting demolished right now are 1950s, 1940s homes. Uh, you know, on the West Coast, these were made with old growth, old, old growth timber, wood, wood that we will never, ever see again. Um, and we are literally shredding it and throwing it into landfill. So we're losing all these resources, these valuable, valuable resources, and we're ending up cutting down virgin trees uh, to build homes. Uh, and, and the wood that we're using now is far uh, not as good quality. As, as we're never going to get wood as good as the, the old growth wood that we had used uh, early on. So that's, you know, on so many levels, um, we're, we're the environmental impact the, um, and the, uh, the, the climate impact to climate is, is significant. That is so just so amazing when you say 20 to 30% of a landfill, I mean, just the, that, that, that's huge, right? Mm -hmm. Now, you're doing incredible work. If people want to see the report, they want to find out more about Lighthouse and the work that you're doing, where can they go? Yeah, so the report is available to download for free from our website, uh, 
dot lighthouse dash oh, sorry light dash house dot org so two words light dash house dot org um and uh yeah it's there along with a number of other reports that we've issued that look at the you know intersection between housing and the environment um and uh yeah sustainability so we welcome people to to access it there and um, and share it with your community, share it with your municipal, your municipal government, um, get the word out about, about this, uh, this approach. Well, so it's relocating and deconstructing. Is that? Relocation and deconstruction. Relocation, yeah. deconstruction. Amazing. I mean, I have learned so much today. This is so cool. And I think every time someone's like, well, I don't know, is like the housing crisis, what else can we do? This is what we could do. This is incredible. Multiple wins for everyone in a housing crisis. I think it's, it's fabulous. And I so appreciate you sharing sharing with our community. Uh, you might know this podcast goes across uh, Canada, of course, but we have Australian viewers and people from the UK. And this is something that happens all around the world. Uh, we are more alike than we are different. So I think we're sharing solutions. This is a solution, Gil. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing and for the work you do. Thanks, Michael, for the opportunity. Appreciate it. Well, Gil, thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll see you next time on The Great. Way Home. Take care. I'm Andrea Askowitz. And I'm Allison Langer. And we are the hosts of Writing Class Radio, a podcast, but we are so much more. We have writing classes. So if you are looking for live online classes where you can join a community, write to a prompt, get feedback, and get better, check out all our classes at writingclassradio.com. And listen to our podcasts wherever you get your podcasts and at writingclassradio.com. Produced by Cryer Media and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.